find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Today, we are talking about 1988's Action Jackson. That's right, a movie that has the audacity to have the genre of the film in its own title. <laughs> you got to give it, you know, some credit for that. This movie is full of fun. I think it's a fun film. It knows what fun is. It found fun. And also there's explosions and boobs. So, you know, the 80s were a good time. We, of course, are honoring the legendary mustache of Carl Weathers. He's nothing but facial hair and muscles in this film and in a lot of other films he was in back in the day. But without further ado, let's uh, damn near tear someone's arm off piss off Kung Fu Master Craig T. Nelson, then chase down a cab like we're Usain Bolt because it's 1988, baby, and Carl's weather... Carl's weathers? (laughs) Like Carl's Jr.? (laughs) I'm gonna keep that in. (laughs) Carl Weathers is in full beast mode in this fucking movie. It's amazing. Now just just play the shit theme song. God damn it. It's the mustache of a We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. Now the game, the legendary Harry Upper Lips, it's the Mustachio Podcastio. What is up? It is your host of the Mustachio Podcastio, Daniel J. Segura. And today I have a friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times. I can't really, re- I'm trying to remember what episodes you, you've been on. I know, I know we've talked a lot about film together. We've seen a lot of movies together. And today you have brought to the podcastio one of the most fun movies I've seen in quite a while. I, I had a boner the entire <laughs> hour and 33 minutes of this film, 1988's Action Jackson. And it's our friend Steve. What is going on, Steve? Hey, Daniel. Thank you for having me back on the show, man. Uh, oh, yeah, see. dude. This would be number four for me. So it was Marked for Death was my first one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, second one is <laughs> Flash Gordon. And then the most recent one was Cop Shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, Cop Shop was fun. Hey, you, you, you've brought in some really good films. Hey, I try. Some fucking bangers, dude. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, a couple of hard dickers. <laughs> so what what uh what made you wanna I mean obviously, you know, we we wanna honor the mustache of, of well honestly there's a lot of really good mustaches in this film, but most specifically our lead, the man himself, Carl Weathers. Oh damn right, man. Um honestly I love this movie growing up. I didn't see it opening day, but I saw it opening week that it came out back in 88, which was, it was probably about uh, 10 or 11 at the time. So being that young, it was, it was very impressionable on me. Uh, made me, you know, have some different viewpoints about how women are treated and such, you know, True. and how fast a, a man can run possibly to outrun a taxi cab for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's true. This movie does have some fantastical elements without really saying it's fantastic, like almost comic book level of superhero stuff happens. But I think it's I think the movie knows it's just trying to have a good time. So it makes sense why he would be 
so because they do mention he was a track star, but he didn't have superpowers. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he was one hell of a track star, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he's everything because he's like not only was he a, a, a legendary athlete, as we learned in Action Jackson, we learned that um, he went to Harvard mm-hmm. and he, he got his degree in Harvard and then decided he wanted to be a, a police officer and worked his way up through there and even his own. You know, his own captain tells him at some point, like, man, if I had gone to Harvard, I wouldn't have wanted to be a fucking cop. Like, screw that shit. Makes yeah, sense. And, yeah. And actually, I got a few things to add to the movie before we start talking about it. Yeah. One, basically, the movie came about during the filming of Predator. Uh, Carl Weathers, of course, <laughs> the man, you know, yeah. we are honoring today. He had a conversation with Joel Silver about uh, a new type of, you know, cop movie he wanted to do. You know, another action yeah. of like something that fits into the time and basically joel said well come up with the story and yeah go for it so pretty Mm. much the ideal of action jackson it was carl weathers ideal they got a writer to write it up and the guy who actually directed it is a guy by the name of craig r baxley and this was his debut feature now Mm. some people will actually know that name because he also directed i come in peace with Dolph Lundgren and Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth and Lance <laughs> Hendrickson. Uh, I can in see all the honesty, similarities. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, I would have loved to have also done that movie. But of course, a uh, mutual friend of the show, Eddie the Axe Jefferson, has laid claim on it to an episode somewhere way down the line. But I mean, <laughs> if you watch, you know, any one of those three movies, you could just understand this is this is purely an 80s movie man it's just oh, yeah action tits squibs explosions a lot of drugs going on and just oh yeah it's magical i mean because i mean it cost seven million it made 65 million in the box office and i can think of four different reasons why it made that much money the the, the boobies of shit <laughs> yeah, sharon stone, sharon and, vanity. stone oh. and vanity i mean i'm sure like all you need is to have one friend go see the movie and then they'll just tell all their other friends and they'll all go see the movie. I'm sure word of mouth made this even more popular, you know, yeah. at the time. And especially since this was made on a budget of, you said, $7, seven million, million, which is I crazy. mean, it is a good looking movie. I mean, the it dollar is. really went really far are back in the 80s. So, I mean, oh, Coke's a hell of a drug. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you could, it's really obvious that predator was being shot at the same time because it looks like he just got some of his guys that he was working with already uh yeah. what bill duke's in this as the captain yeah, Bill duke is the captain uh was it uh, uh mr quick uh the uh heroin yeah dealer sonny landon yep sonny landon i think too. yeah oh, and of course he got biff from back to the future he got himself Wilson. <laughs> back to the future horrible it's just a... comic relief jeez <laughs> Well, I can't tell if he's supposed to be bad, and that's what makes it funny. Because around the only time he ever got a laugh out of me was at the the end of the movie. <laughs> but for the most part, he's just hams it up, and no, he's I, supposed I don't know. to be that bad, I right? Mean, everyone knew what they were doing with this movie. You know, there was yeah. no alliterations to this being an Oscar winner by any means, and I mean, some good dummy work, flaming oh, dummy work. Yeah. A lot of flames, a uh, lot of explosions, a lot of dummies, a um, lot of uh, Wilhelm screams. And... Oh, wonderful, man. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. You know, tightrope work. You know, we get we get some really incredible superhero-esque jumps out of people that make no sense, but it's so much fun. Oh, yes. 
it's it's just and and honestly like uh, you know i i i think i'd seen this movie once at least within the last five years and i know it's a, a pretty fun romp because i remembered a good chunk of it and i i am one of those i'll watch a movie sometimes and i feel like i have amnesia and i'll just forget like huge chunks of it and this yeah. one i was like oh yeah i remember this scene oh yeah this was pretty badass <laughs> it stuck with me man i was um pleasantly surprised because you just never know especially with these late 80s action movies mm-hmm. you don't know what direction they're gonna go you don't know if they're gonna go way too fucking dark and it's just like a lot of rape scenes and it's all fucked up and there's a baby getting thrown out of building and oh i wish there was a baby getting thrown out of a building i mean it would have worked well for the movie but honestly you know this was lighthearted action for the 80s so it was I'll pretty it lighthearted them. yeah like even though it works in boobs and the drugs i, I know that sounds so weird but even though it works with the boobs and the drugs, it has sort of a fun energy about it. And a lot of a lot of it has to do with the soundtrack, too. Oh, um, the yeah. soundtrack can get really intense and fun uh, during um, some scenes, kind of like eerie, like and freaky when other shit's happening. But then sometimes like Action Jackson will say a line and it's like, well, da, 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 da. <laughs> like the music just sort of starts b- popping off. Well, let's see. Yeah, they had some songs by the Pointer Sisters. Yeah, you know, in the movie, I mean, oh, yeah. you could listen to that. And then the guys who uh, worked on the music for the movie it was Herbie Hancock and Michael Kamen, who did Die Hard and the Lethal Weapon movies. But wow. you can clearly tell who did which music for the movie. Like, yeah, you can really be- tell which was Herbie. Hancock. Yeah, like at the beginning of the movie, it was definitely all Michael Kamen. Is that that yeah. orchestral score coming in, and then such. And for some yeah. reason, for years, I thought that grenade launcher was actually like, you know, a fireball launcher because I could have sworn fireballs were being launched out of that damn thing, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, this, this movie kicks off like the way Death Wish 3 ends. Oh. Like it's just, but it, it does look like a fireball launcher. You don't hear like a kunk or anything like that. It just is explosions. Just, oh, yeah. And talk explosions. about the, talk about the Dolby work on. On oh, this, man. the sound effects, man, they re- they just wanted to blow your eardrums out. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. This is, I mean, it, it is a tall order when you have the balls to put action in your action movie, like in the title. Like, you better fucking bring it if it's going to be called Action Jackson. And they fucking brought it. Damn they right took they that did. challenge. <laughs> Carl Weathers <laughs> is like, hold my beer. <laughs> Or hold my smoothie because this guy is fucking buff as shit. Yeah, it doesn't you know, look like he has a. He, it doesn't look like he has any carbs whatsoever. Like no body fat. This dude is fucking yeah. huge. No, he was still in predator shape for he this was. movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know we see vanity with a lot of needles, but I'm sure Carl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love the '80s, you know. Uh, oh, damn right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know you gotta stay ripped somehow. It helps, but you still gotta put the work in, and he was yes, definitely absolutely. putting in the fucking work. Holy shit, man! He looks crazy big, but you know he's also not. He, I don't think he's super tall. I think he's probably like six foot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense because, like, you know, we we have some scenes where he does have to fight this one guy <laughs> named Ed. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and you actually do believe, like, wow, this guy's huge, like. You know, like, oh, I could see how he could put up a fight because it's very difficult to not imagine Carl Weathers just destroying every single dude that he runs into. Like, even if it's three or four guys, I'm like, ah, he's got this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, Ed didn't put up much of a fight, but he had to put in the work for it. He did. Yeah, he did. He was uh, he really had to 
you know, try to, but I like, I liked all, I like the little bits of like with that exchange and there's a lot of scenes where the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think it makes it so much because the, the way the movie kicks off is so serious. Mm-hmm. It's, it's intense, but it makes it, um, it makes you want to be like, all right, what the fuck is this about? Like it starts off like, you know, damn assassination where these like five ninjas come through and well, they're not really ninjas, but they're just like hitmen guys that are very Def- stealth. Definitely, you know, black ops by black today's ops. standards, uh, which essentially you find out that the group is called the Invisible Men, and for the way they can, you know, take out hits. stealth lead. Yeah, it's a, yeah, they're kind of it's kind of scary because the the guy that they're a stinger or stringer stringer. Yeah, um, he's like freaking the fuck out. They kill his like assistant like with one punch in the face, which is so brutal, like mm-hmm. brutal. And that guy just that's his move. He just like bops you right <laughs> straight yeah. in the face. Oh, unrelated note: that secretary who got killed on that one punch, she's actually married to Robert Zemeckis. No so, shit. Yeah, Man, was... they met through the Lethal Weapon mo- movies essentially because Zemeckis <laughs> wow. being friends with you know various group. But yeah. yeah, that's how that worked. And the guy, you know, the union rep was actually the main bad guy from the movie Red Heat with Schwarzenegger and James Belushi. Oh shit! I thought I recognized that face. Mm-hmm. He yeah, does look like an face. asshole. Oh yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how they send five trained killers to get this one dude. Like I think one of them could have done the job they're just kind of walking around his apartment like. no man yeah money was well spent for this hit <laughs> squad honestly yeah except no substitutes oh my god it makes it so much more fun i love that they did that i was like holy shit man this guy doesn't stand a chance they're just brutally <laughs> killing him and like he, he gets blown the fuck out of the building it's just amazing that's what i meant by the death wish three ending because like just that, like, oh, God, he just, like, flies out of the freaking building. It is amazing. Well, I mean, they wanted to see if he could fly, but apparently he couldn't. <laughs> Can you fly, Stranger? <laughs> no. <laughs> so good, dude. Yeah, I, I, so I like that it kicks off like that, but then it, it eventually, after all that, that's when we, we are finally introduced to those two cops that we that are kind of woven throughout the story. Um, You got the... Biff guy who's kind of the clown and then you got a very sophisticated the other guy sounds like Niles Crane (laughs) (laughs) but I mean they worked off well they worked well yeah each other it's a good idea to have like that combination you know and they're they find this guy who's like trying to I like the I'll talk about this I like that they kept that purse stealing kid throughout the entire movie he like kind of bops it yeah, out of a nowhere. nice running gag yeah know? it's a good running gag <laughs> and he ends up being kind of essential you know at the end there so i was i was pleasantly surprised by that they did a good mm-hmm. job with that does that character have a name <laughs> uh albert his name is albert, albert. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool i was just calling i just kept calling him purse kid <laughs> but yeah albert He's really good. I like that, you know, they they cat he gets caught trying to steal a purse. And I think I I don't know, this woman had some shoulders on her. And she just really fucking yeah, wails no, on No, he didn't have a chance with that one. But you know, so pretty much, you know, they they arrest him and as they're bringing him to the station, they start talking about how the possibility of him Jackson meeting guy. this guy by name of Action Jackson. Yeah. yeah. They said that his 
why is his mom had sex with Bigfoot or some shit? And yeah, and he was the off. He was the result of that union. The result of that union. They have like all these different lines about this legendary figure, and that he they got to clean out his cage and shit, and that he's just gonna be like they're gonna be holding holding them there, holding him there at the precinct until he's ready. And so he's freaking out. They get distracted by a sex worker. Uh, for okay. some reason, they start joking around with her. Well, yeah, it was a you know, uh, you know, Biff asks you know, the sex worker, or how much for a foot job, and she says, "For you, it's free." And then whack. Welcome to the Getting Down and Wordy Podcast ad. What do we do on this podcast? Well, it's the first at a musical podcast. Can you try that again in real words so that people can understand? Fine. We talk about the intersection of popular music and language. Oh, can we also talk about Eurovision? Okay. Find us on Apple and Spotify. We are a Podmoth Network podcast. I so I just love this whole introduction of of Action Jackson. You know, he's trying to run away. He's trying to get away. They're trying to get him. He has he hits, he hits this guy, spills all the coffee on the table, <laughs> and he just sees this Carl Weathers rising from his desk. Like, and then of course he just says, "Be cool," and then be cool. Well, passes out. <laughs> He faints. Yeah, it's so good. Like, I, I like the whole bit that that Jackson is actually a pretty. He's not an overly aggressive guy. You like yeah. really got to kind of piss him off to like get. That's kind of the whole thing about the movie is like you. He's not going to right away just start throwing punches. Like he's kind of more cool headed. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting take. Yeah, it was, and of course, one of the lines later to you know the main bad guy he says, "One of these days, you're gonna piss me off." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is your opinion uh, with uh, Craig T. Nelson's character? Was it Peter Delafane or something like that? Delafane, or yeah, essentially he's a uh, you know a Delorean type figure. You know, yeah, he's you know, auto making, you know, outward appearances. You know, he's on the up and up, but in reality, he's just a piece of shit scumbag. Hey, trying to make money any way possible and getting power in the process. And of course, if you get in the way, most likely you will get killed. Hence with his wives and his partner. Yeah. But of yeah. course, yeah, of course, before we even get to, you know, uh, his role, you know, Peter Dullapy. And uh, of course we have to have, you know, Jackson talk to his, uh, you know, captain and regarding yeah. previous issues with Peter Dullapy. And in his son, specifically with a certain removal of a body part, perhaps. Yeah, did he see he, he ripped his arm off. Uh, he said, shit? "Yeah, uh, it was the captain goes, you damn near tore his arm off." And then Jackson goes, "Well, he had a spare." <laughs> yeah, like it turns out through um, accusations of excessive force um, after he arrested Delphine's, um son, who was. Um, doing like drug activities or something like that and he was a sexual psychopath according Se to sexual him. psychopath and mm -hmm. so i mean as we get to know his father it does make sense why his son would be a complete monster person and and apparently through that through that accusation he got demoted from lieutenant to sergeant yeah and that's thrown in his face quite a bit because it what it seems like the movie I kind of like how the movie throughout the film you learn a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. They don't, he doesn't even discuss like really the divorce stuff till a little later, but um, you know, it seems like he was sort of the golden boy of his neighborhood, like where he came from in Detroit. He came from this like this uh, low income area, rough area, 
and he made them proud by like working his way up in the ranks as a police officer going to school being a star athlete and i guess apparently him fucking up this this white kid really fucked him over which i don't feel like that would happen in my neighborhood like if i if i just well, like rem- punch some rich white kid in the face i think my neighbors would still like me <laughs> yeah well unfortunately because i guess his dad was so high up and he had so much money and he, he ended up getting the shaft on that one yeah i did some say. bad pr on his ass and mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure his dad, like, definitely, um, the money goes deep, you know. I'm sure he was able to convince some people to, be like, yeah, demote him and disgrace his ass and shit. So he kind of got the last laugh there, and Jackson's been stuck pretty much doing paperwork shit. For the past two years? Yeah, for the past two years, because when we see his desk all covered in coffee, it's nothing but papers and shit. Like, he's just typing in typewriters and shit and doing his thing. God, I couldn't imagine having to deal with typewriters back in the day. Oof. Oh, I remember those days, man. Thing before word processors, before Oof. PCs, that was a thing. I, I only memory I have was my sister had, because my sister's like nine years older than me, and she had this uh, typewriter that's supposed to be like cutting edge one, and it was like had like a little digital screen and yep, mm-hmm. yeah, and it came in like this cool case that you you, you know it's modular, you could turn it into a nice little case, so it looked like a suitcase and. I was just like, geez, I hope I never have to take that to school. I could imagine walking around with a fucking 50 Oh, no, they had, that, they had that shit in school in my day. So, yeah, Oof. I remember those days. That's a bitch, dude. That is a it bitch. It is. It really is. And now, like, our laptops are so little and light. Like, it's insane. I could put three in my bag, and it wouldn't even bother me. Like, it's not even a big deal. It's insane, man. But, uh, yeah, so he's been dealing with all that. We have uh, Bill Duke, who plays the captain. And I actually like how he portrays his character. It's sort of like he's he's almost past the I'm so pissed off phase, and it's just now exhausted, like <laughs> mentally yeah, he, exhausted. He, does, he doesn't have to yell yeah, to get yell. his point across anymore. Because <laughs> I was glad that he did that because, you know what, by 1988 – there's, we've had the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, so many of these type of action movies. The the captain is just like, ah, son of a bitch, <laughs> you know? So I'm glad that, you know, and he, Bilda could play that kind of character if he wanted to because he could play a loud, like, fucking just insane person. But oh, yeah, absolutely. he brought it down. Like, mm-hmm. I like that he did that. And um, he just has such a very peculiar way of how like he carries himself in film and it's hard not like i just enjoy seeing him in a movie like i wish honestly he had been given a few more lines um or even maybe like a quick action scene would have been kind of fun but uh you don't really get to see that too much with captains they're always like behind a desk or some shit yeah you know it's a little bare bones but you gotta work with what you have there yeah yeah carl Weathers was like i'm not gonna give you too much (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no no whose show this is this is my show (laughs) this is my show motherfucker yeah, I like that meeting. Um and and Greg, I think I feel like Craig T. T. Nelson did a pretty freaking dope job playing this bad guy. I I think he's the perfect he chews up a lot of scenery. Like he's the perfect mix of like kind of superhero like superhero movie bad guy villain dude, kind of Lex Luthorish, yeah, um in a way. But also, he kind of just seems like the guy that was the bully jock in high school, and he's also he got rich, and now this is what happens. <laughs> like <laughs> you become this guy, oh, you know, yeah. it's the real dickhead. But I I was shocked. One of the because I didn't read I didn't read a synopsis of the film. I just like literally 
watched it and i know i had i had seen it before but like some of the details i wasn't really sure i just remembered a lot of the action moments but i couldn't remember a lot of the plot lines and so when i was like oh yeah this is like a the the corporate is like where you got like the automaker guy who now he wants more power so he's killing these uh what awa uh yeah awa union reps essentially yeah union reps i was like wow i forgot because it's so convoluted and it's not something i'm as familiar with you know Mm -hmm. we we i think we have like one toyota plant here so i'm not really (laughs) (laughs) and there's not a lot of unions here uh, at least as far as I'm, I'm never been associated with any, so I really don't know a lot about that. But I just know they're all very political, mm-hmm. and there's always a lot of, um, you know, behind the scenes shit, like some shady shit popping off, like in most type of power struggle organizations like that. When you have an influence on how things go, I could imagine how that can happen. But uh, boy, uh, Delafane really took it up a notch. <laughs> He's oh, just hell like, yeah. hey, uh, whoever doesn't like me, I'm gonna brutally murder. Like I said, he paid for the best hit squad available, uh, and he got it. Yeah, and it was really crazy how th- – I think this is probably the most unbelievable thing that really – I was like, what the – there's a couple of scenes where I'm like, what the fuck? But I just kind of – you roll with the punches because this movie's fun. So you're just like, that's ah, okay. Who cares? But like when, you know, he – I'm kind of skipping around, but I'll just say – I thought it was really weird when he goes to the barbershop and that's where he finds out pretty much the meat of everything going on <laughs> in the fucking movie. Cause, <laughs> and it's this woman named D she's, she's, she works at the barbershop. She's funny as hell. And she's given him all the details about who's connected to who she mentions that the whole invisible, that's when we first find out they're called the invisible men. Yep. And she says that his old, superior some cavaletti or something like that yeah it was his old business partner business partner who actually had them originally he but you know money rules out so he yeah. made more money and his former partner and first wife you know ended up dead i mean how could he i it always blows my mind because like I, I especially in these kind of films where it's like man can you it, i guess you can but when people are so powerful like <laughs> you could just be like yeah you're god I'll cover it. Oh, 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 there's a gun on you. There you go. <laughs> you yeah, you killed yourself like, like this. <laughs> yeah, that's why the president of the United States gets one kill a year. <laughs> it's fucking bonkers, man. I was just like, holy shit, he's just getting away with all this. But, you know, the 80s was a good time to commit murder. That's why we had oh, so many serial absolutely. killers back then. Yeah, it, it seems like it was just really easy back then. Now it's a whole thing. We got all these people that are in a true crime. You can't kill anyone without people starting investigating. You got fucking Dick and Jane over there in fucking Connecticut starts investigating this murder you did. So it's not even worth it anymore. Yeah, pretty God, it's not Nancy Grace. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, shit, half the podcasts on my podcast network are, are all about true crime, man. If I committed a crime, they'd find out, and next thing you know, I'm a topic in their show. Oh, congratulations. Local boy makes good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, man. But, uh, yeah, Action Jackson. <laughs> I Also, he doesn't really, um, you know, he... He doesn't really have any like super he fights like he just sort of like almost fights like a boxer. But then Craig T. Nelson's character knows like fucking Tai Chi or some shit, which made me crack the fuck up uh, when he's training with that dude. Yeah, He's got to be a badass. I mean, 
Yeah, watching a nearly 40-year-old Craig T. Nelson, and I'm supposed to believe that he's going to beat up this martial arts instructor guy who looks like he's like 25 years old. You know, just remember, you could easily tell where the stuntmen (laughs) were put in in place of the actors. I feel like because Tim's not here, now I'm trying to treat this like reality because he's always the <laughs> one that does that every episode. How you've been hanging around him way too long. Bad influence. <laughs> he's just he's bringing me down, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, so it's kind of like one by one. You know, basically, we're having the whole thing that Jackson's noticing is like all these guys are all associated with the AWA and they're all leaders. And they're all getting killed in very suspicious ways and being uh, kind of set up in a way where it looks like different things. I think like the the guy that's in the at the in the yacht, which is a really fun scene because um, any yacht scene is kind of fun. And you got these two guys that are talking to each other and fucking around and the five the the invisible guys come through. And one of them just throws a knife right at one of the guy's stomachs. <laughs> one of the guys' butterfly knife. I, I think this knife. Was, I think this was like the first movie I ever saw. Oh, anyone who had a butterfly knife could just. That was friggin' awesome, man. That's t- I I've never tried throwing a butterfly knife. It doesn't seem like the one you'd want to use for that. But uh, hey, to each his own. I mean, if you felt like that was good. That by the way, that the butterfly knife guy. Um, I covered him. He was um, in Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. I remember Ooh, I did nice. that. Yeah, he, just like in this film, doesn't really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of them really talked. I mean, no, other yeah. than, you know, we're going for a barbecue. Yeah, a couple of lines here and there are like, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing too major. But I think that's the whole point. Is it supposed to be like the silent killer you oh know, yeah, ghost like guys, yeah, and they do a good job. I like how they find found such a cavalcade of of different looking guys. You got like um, you got hair metal guy who's my favorite personally. Oh yeah. Um, then you got the big Frankenstein looking butterfly knife guy. You got the discount Huey Lewis. Got to have discount Huey Lewis. And then uh, of course you have the Asian guy from Die Hard as well. You gotta have that guy in any action movie from like 1984 to 1989 oh yeah at least weapon two <laughs> yeah he had so much work and he's so recognizable because he has this crazy facial hair where it just kind of looks like a circle of hair in his mouth it just it looks like a vagina and, and then he's is... one hairy vagina man jeez <laughs> and he's balding but he's like He's holding on to the hair that he has, and it's long as shit. He's just so recognizable. Were you going to tell him to cut it? Yeah, go right ahead. That's true. Yeah, you can't tell him. I mean, but that's what made him his career, I think, because he just looks so specific. Uh, I, I wish I I need to look up this guy's name, but because I've seen him in so much stuff, like maybe he needs to be honored, man. I think so. He might need to be honored. I've seen him in too many movies, and he's he's quite entertaining. Um. We find out that Jackson is very attached to a 66 Impala. That's a big. Yeah, that was a beautiful car. It is a beautiful car. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He gets all mad at the. uh, At (laughs) what the what do we call him? I I don't use them very much. So Uh, I get the valet. Yeah. Valet. Clovis uh, was his name. Clovis. Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) Clovis yeah he tells him like hey don't don't fuck with the car and of course he drives it like a son of a bitch uh but that is a nice that is a nice Impala but I like that they they 
emphasize that because he's attached to something that he sees as a classic and he's put all this work into it while uh Delafane is selling this brand new hot rod car like um I mean like a red sports car kind of like it's it is very much like those uh the... it looked like to me it looks like a modified Pontiac Fiero it uh, does yeah uh, once again that car. 80s car man oh and sadly it was destroyed in Fast and Furious 9 Jesus <laughs> Yeah, that car, hot, hot, hotter. Mm. It'll send you to the moon. Yeah. Um, hey, I got to ask you a question. How did you feel about actually driving a, a car into a mansion and able to get it up the <laughs> stairs into the bedroom? Yeah, that there's a that's that's another scene where I'm just like, no, <laughs> just, <laughs> no. Can't happen. But I do like that before he does it, he he kills the the butler he, guy. And he says, You lose. Yeah, you lose. And man, uh one thing I didn't expect is it's not blatant, but the um a lot of like blood and squibs, like it's pretty rough. Like when he hits that butler guy in a lot of movies. Not much would happen. Maybe you get like a little drop of blood. This guy's like, like yeah, all this, yeah, like, he, all this whole yeah, inside. Yeah, they doubled down on that one. <laughs> but it looked good, too. It does look good. <laughs> it's so brutal, dude. Like, just seeing someone get squished in between a car and the wall, man, it was just wonderful. Um, I kind of wish we had a little more Sharon Stone. I, I liked what she, what she was doing. Honestly, it's, it, it was kind of weird because... She seems like two different people at first because in the beginning of the film, we're introduced to her because uh, the captain makes um, makes Action Jackson go to this this gala or like a, a little award ceremony where they're going to honor uh, Craig T. Nelson's character, Delafane, as the man of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think the captain is using this as a PR moment to show like oh look you know jackson's over it he doesn't hate him anymore he's supporting this guy yeah he's a good guy yeah he's come a on, good give him a chance because he would rather it what it looks like is the that the captain would rather jackson be a lieutenant again and be out be back out on the beat but other powers that be are not letting that happen so like he kind of needs him to show his face out there and show support for for Delafane, even though he hates him and he still does hate him like you would have thought like what happened happened the day before because like he gets all fired up at the captain because he doesn't want to go but he reluctantly goes mm-hmm. and one of the first people that he sees is patrice uh, isn't it patrice yeah patrice i always just think of patrice o'neill when i hear that i've never heard oh, of him. rest in peace man i know dude i love him so much he's so <laughs> funny um uh, yeah patrice who's played by sharon stone and she is like just yeah, young dead. Sharon Stone. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it's like two years before Total Recall, and <sighs> was it like three years before or Basic Instinct? Man, I'd kill a hobo and a half to get a piece of that. I'm just kidding, oh. but uh, <laughs> hobo and a half. So it's gonna be. <laughs> hey, listen, I gotta go out for a little while. I'll be back, and then I'm going in 1988. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, but she's great, and at first she seems like very like. I, well, I don't know. She has that way of her where she can just seem incredibly horny. Like, no matter, like, what she's saying, she could be, like, past the salt. And you're just oh, like, Jesus Christ. This yeah. woman. So she's kind of sort of 
giving uh, uh, Jackson some shit because he's like way far away. She's like, you can't even hear him from here because uh, Delafay's giving his like award speech. She, he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't want to be around this shit. And she tries to introduce him to her to uh, to Delafay. She realizes they have a history. And then later on in the movie, where she overhears the Butler guy talking about the operation and some of the the assassinations that they've been planning out, he mentions Jackson, and she gets rather suspicious. Maybe Butler guy needs to have quieter conversations. First of all, this motherfucker's in the middle of a room. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm worried about Jackson as well. Don't worry. We'll. We don't need to Could take you care stop of holding that speaker? <laughs> He's like, don't worry. <laughs> Fucking dude. Piece of shit. And so she gets suspicious because she's a, assuming what it seems like is she's a fairly new wife. And so she doesn't really know how any of this works. And, you know, obviously Delafay's kept her away from everything. And now she's suspicious. And it just happens that Jackson is coming over to the house to talk to her. For some reason, and she ends up take he ends up uh, taking her out to go grab a drink or whatever, and that's when they have their little, mm-hmm. you know, little back and forth. And he tries to get some information from her, but she genuinely doesn't feel like her husband is guilty of anything. Oh, like, how wrong she was on that! I felt so bad for her because then all of a sudden she seems all sweet and she her hair is all cute. She's like, yeah, I love my <laughs> husband, and uh, <laughs> it just threw me off. I'm like, why are you so horny at the dinner? Because it's Carl Weathers, man. I guess so. It does. Yeah. First, at first glance, you meet him, you just automatically are like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get on this guy." And, uh, <laughs> but then I do love that scene where they're leaving. He he gets some names and stuff from her and stuff, right? But man, dude, the taxi scene, dude. Oh, it's Chef's kiss. Oh, absolutely. Once again, track star in high school, and you could. Oh, why? Holy macaroni. This yeah. guy. And the introduction of the whole thing where Sharon Stone's talking to him or Patrice and she's like, um, so why do they call you action? And then right before she could say Jackson, a freaking taxi he has to like dive, throw her out to the sidewalk before they both get hit. Yeah, but he, he asks if she's OK after that. So that's good. He does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want Carl Weathers lighting on my ass. I hope you, like, flipped over a little bit, you know, saved her fall. <laughs> you got to bring her down like you're bringing down Tom Brady or something. Be gentle. Jesus, sir. You don't want to <laughs> hurt him. And uh, so, yeah, so then the taxi, the taxi is going, and he somehow catches up. I guess you could blame Detroit traffic. I don't know, but he's Yeah, but so the streets fast. weren't exactly that crowded. That. <laughs> I, I, he just pops up on it, but what I do like is that the the guy I call this guy the Gap Tooth Killer, mm-hmm. uh, but he does have a name of the film. But I, I don't. Oh, quite... uh, Mr. Gamble, that's what his Mr. name Gamble. is. Mr. Gamble, mm-hmm. and he has that that nice uh, Gap Tooth, and and then of course we got to mention with the taxi how Carl Weathers is uh, Jackson is somehow able to leap into the air and land on the roof of the uh, taxi as to how fast it's going. It is bonkers Mm -hmm. how he manages to do that. And he's riding on it after a while. He starts regretting it. And then Gap Tooth Killer starts. I was keep calling that. <laughs> gamble. <laughs> yeah. And it just, he's blasting right through that roof. Oh, Nothing's so ricocheting off it. You know, it's going straight through. You know, and through. how is he able to like just stay on the roof all that time? 
time. I mean, granted, it was a stuntman, and you could tell, but how is Jackson able to stay on the roof the whole time? I don't know. I just like when he goes, enough is enough. <laughs> and then he just straight up with a single punch punches. Yeah, he, he smashes right through the windshield. Uh, was it? Yeah, I th- it was a windshield that he actually yeah, did. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That is bonkers. When he, he smashes through it, it causes uh, Gamble to, 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 to break super hard. And then Action Jackson flips off the, the taxi and he stands up and he starts coaxing him. He's like, because I mean, he's got a clean shot at Jackson. He could just mm-hmm. shoot him. But Jackson coaxes him to come on. Come on, man. You want to hit me? He does the Joker thing. Oh, <laughs> come yeah. on, I want you to hit me. <laughs> and uh, he goes after him. And then <laughs> Jackson Jackson's got some hops. I, that, that was insane. You know? It's just <laughs> the fact that he was able to. <laughs> He does a damn somersault, bro. It's fucking intense as hell. But I loved it, though. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect it, but I loved it. Uh, and he, yeah, he flips over. He just does a somersault over the car. The car runs into a building, and somehow... It just uh, careens through the air. Yeah. And, I mean, I like the fact that, like, he, he did an ole to this taxi, and who knows, like, how many people died. <laughs> oh come on it, it was minor you know maybe five six but and also with the fact that how the car is going and just how badly it lands and the fact that gamble is able to get away from it oh, so yeah. quickly yeah dude it's the it's the soup they're the demonic superpowers of the invisible men man <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of times where i'm like what the hell but i I've always been a fan of the the bad guy. He's not the main bad guy, but he's he's like the tough the tough guy and like he doesn't have any lines. I love that character and that's what this gamble guy plays and he does it very well. Yeah, I think he might have said maybe a half a line, you know, in yeah. the entire movie, you know, but other than that, yeah, he was he was quiet. Yeah, he looks like like a discount store Morpheus kind of uh because he's got the sunglasses on all the time. And he does that little smirk. <laughs> yeah, th- that would work. Uh, or discount store or Carl Weathers. Because near the end of the movie, he dresses up in the red shirt. And it looks a little like him. Not oh, exactly yeah. like him, but still. And wearing sunglasses at night. I mean, yeah. That's true. I wear my sunglasses at night. So I just <laughs> I I sing that at karaoke at some point soon, man. I love that song. Um. I do I do think it's interesting that they try they they try to they frame him once because basically uh Delafane finds out that Patrice talked to Jackson about what she heard. Mm-hmm. And at first he was fine, like whatever, I'm never gonna I'm not lying to you. I'm not I don't have some operation, I'm not killing anybody. But then he finds out that she talked to Jackson and he's like, damn, sorry, mm-hmm. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots her right in the fucking stuff. Like, I guess kind of like in the chest. And I felt so bad for her character. I was like, oh, really? That's how you're going to go out? Damn. Yeah, but hey, the the gun works fine. Because <laughs> it almost seemed like she was going to be the love interest. Not, you know, yeah, vanity. It was, yeah, it was, there was potential there. But come on, you know, victims. Got to yeah, have You got to have one. One of them had to die. Yep. You can't have two hot women make it to the end. One of them has to go. Oh, God. And they were hot. Oh, I know. Man, they're both incredibly distractingly attractive. Um, mm-hmm. 
and so is Action Jackson. And so, <laughs> and all the oil on his body throughout this movie. So greasy. He's very oily. He's shiny. <laughs> and so, yeah, so he ends up killing her, and he just has her in the bed. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, there she's dead. He's like, get rid of her. I don't know how he just gets away with this. He's not thinking about it at all. Like, I would have been like, all right, I'm going to kill her, but I'll plan it ahead. I'm not mm-hmm. going to just shoot her right here point blank in front of me. But I guess he's that powerful. I mean, he's uh, Elon Musk powerful. Yeah, you know, that would work. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Elon could probably kill somebody pretty easily. Uh, you know, he hasn't done it already. <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. This is true. And so after that, I feel like this is when Delafen goes off the handle and he becomes like extra bad guy. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to put my dead wife's body in Jackson's <laughs> apartment. Oh, man, you messed with the wrong cop there. Man, that was messed up. But he had he, at the same time, Jackson went to go see Vanity, um, who goes by Sydney Ash, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the a, a singer, a local performer who is also a drug addict. But she <laughs> she's promised by Delafane, uh, she's uh, his mistress. She's promised that oh, I'll get you a record contract. I'll have some guys from Motown, some reps from Motown will come through. And but he just you know he wanted a a piece of vanity. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, of course, this scene there earlier in the film where she's, I guess, sort of trying out or just showing him a new song. And I've seen so many films. It's like deja vu where you have the table in the middle of the club. It's closed. The lights are dark as shit. You can barely see the guy, but he's just there with a the cigarette staring at the girl singing in the bed. I'm like, mm. I've seen that so many times. But it works so well. If it you can does. pull it off, it's it's definitely worth it. And she makes it awesome because she's hot and she's damn uh, right. And I think she, I think the song that she plays later on uh, when uh, Action Jackson is there watching her, I think that's an original song from her, right? Yes, it's uh, on the soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's not bad. I mean, it's not good, but it's, it's not. It's an '80s song. It's an you know? '80s. It's yeah. very much stuck in this very small. It's, it's not a Prince song. It's an '80s song. <laughs> yeah, and she does like. Uh, <laughs> I gotta admit, I would have been slightly turned off by her dancing. Her dancing is very like seizure like. I don't even. Well, know. It's like, well, uh, <laughs> her dancing was choreographed by Paula Abdul. Actually, are you serious? Yep. Yeah, she did oh, the choreography for the show. How many the pills movie. was she on? <laughs> Quite a few. It was the eighties. <laughs> Jesus, these dads. I mean, the dancers at at first are good, but then she sees. She sees Jackson there looking at her. He's sitting at the same uh, horny table that, that Greg T. Nelson was sitting at before. And she walks up to him and she's like looking at him all sexily. And she starts doing all these weird little dance moves. He's, they're kind of like jerky, herky jerky moves. And I was just like, this isn't attractive. Just, well, you know, you know she's strung out. So, you know, you know she's starting to come <laughs> down from that high. She's wigging out on me, man. <laughs> and. <laughs> I just saw Boogie Nights, so it's in my head. Yeah. Oh, you think you think you should stop going? You stop going to that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you think you should get fights with? Yourself? Oh man, <laughs> I love that scene. Oh, yeah, but that's uh, gonna be on um, everything I learned from movies at some point in the near future. I'm not sure when, but at some point <laughs> in the future. Um, but yeah, so th- 
she see she meets him. They get in. He goes and he. That's what he has his little interaction with Ed, who spells it with two D's, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Ed, and he punches up a couple times. I think this was in the trailer. I bet this was in the trailer where he like. Yeah, it was. Up. This was from the trailer actually, and you know he <laughs> runs right through him in order to knock him down. It's so good. I, I'll share this uh, on. Uh, I'll share the trailer when this episode comes out because like, I think it's actually pretty fun. The trailer may have also sold the film because there is uh, so much shit you could use for a trailer in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, uh, it was essentially like with uh, wrestling, you know, like a uh, wrestler has its you know, high spots. There are a lot of high spots in uh, yeah. the movie for the trailer. So, yeah, I was going to say there's not a there's not a lot I would shave off. And I'm curious what you feel, Steve, but like I if I was going to trim a scene, it would probably be the bar scene where, um, you know, him and Vanity see that he's being framed for the murder because he puts his his radio on and he hears the cops talking like, oh, shit, like um, Patrice is in Jackson's apartment. Like, we need to find Jackson. So he decides to go to to uh, Vanity's place and or whatever, Sydney, and they go over to her place and this and that. The place explodes. <laughs> it's yeah. wired to explode by, I think, a phone call, right, or something. Yeah, that's why you. Uh, that's why you don't. Yeah, turn on your lights. Don't turn on your fucking lights. Don't answer your phone in the eighties if you think someone might be trying to kill you. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, I mean, the movie is lean as is. So if there was a place to actually, you know, cut from it, it would probably be the bar scene. Yeah, the where he's looking for. Pop a lock or pop and lock or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the guy he was threatened by in that scene was uh, Miguel Nunez, who was Joanna Mann. Yeah, Miguel Nunez. He's also a, in one of the Friday the 13th, but I can't remember which oh, one. Uh, Maybe Jason Manhattan. Takes Manha- Jason yeah. takes Manhattan. He was the boxer who got his head knocked off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I. The Friday Thirteenth franchise is such a guilty pleasure. It's like it's like eating candy for me. I, I just can't get enough of it, man. Mm. I gotta watch at least three or four of those films every year, just randomly. I think six is my favorite. If I had to pick one, yeah, that was a good uh, one. I'm probably gonna say X is my favorite one now, just as I've gotten older and I just appreciate it more. I was gonna say that's like probably my second or third for sure. I love that movie too. Um. Yeah, like that whole scene where he's looking for this guy who's, I guess, he was an informant or something mm-hmm. like that. He might know some stuff. This is before he find he he uh finds out about D the at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this place, and I, the whole scene really revolves around the moment where the guy's like, "Yeah, let me show you where he's at." He's uh, mm-hmm. the guy's name's like Poppinlock or something. And so he goes, oh, Papa Doc. Papa Doc. Whatever. And so he goes into this room and this guy's like, yeah, he's in there. And it's funny because Jackson looks back at him like, because it's like a cupboard. And Jackson looks back at him like, is this like a secret entrance to Narnia or some shit? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's yeah, like, no, in he's in there. And uh, what what does he see in there, Steve? Well, he sees a jar uh, filled with uh, some fluid and uh, Papa Doc's testicles. Yep, Pop. Papa Doc lost his cock. His balls are in a jar now. Well, they got to have a memory. To, you know, something to you know, remember him by. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, unrelated though. Oh, the guy, the bartender who actually directed him to those balls was the first guy Arnie killed in Commando, actually, uh, when he was Holy on the plane. Shit. Man, all these guys are just on the action movie circuit, huh? Uh, which also, <laughs> which also had Bill Duke in it as well. I'm telling you, it was God. Really- I'm connecting it all, man. Dude, there's so many dots connecting in this film, mm-hmm. man. But it's yeah. because they're all they they do all kind of probably travel in the same kind of circles, you know, and they know similar people and you know stunt coordinators and shit like that, and they all get into that uh, that part of the industry. And yeah, oh. you, I think you can find some quick work. Damn right, you can. <laughs> Especially if you're not like if you, I I think if I was going to be an actor, I would want to be someone that is in a lot of movies, but never anything like a major part. I think it would yeah. be so much easier. <laughs> like, you know, people will recognize you, but, you know, you're not so famous where you can't walk out the door. Yeah, I could go to a bookstore or coffee shop and not worry about maybe some weirdo nerd that like like us where we'd be like, hey, you, you played the guy that showed Carl Weathers the nutsack in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Other than weirdos like us. Most normal people wouldn't really recognize me. I think that would be a, a decent – and you have, like, a career. You can actually pay the bills. You don't have a mansion or anything, but you have a decent apartment. It's a comfortable living. Yeah, I'd be okay with all that. That would be fun. Um, what, what was that? That is my clock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I'm not kidding. I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Shit, I shouldn't have said anything. Damn it. <laughs> you know I'm always yeah, on the ever- edge. Yeah, if you ever hear any of the episodes, you'll usually hear that clock in the background. <laughs> That's insane. Is that like a grandfather clock or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love grandfather clocks. I always wanted one. I don't. I I don't own one at the moment, but I would like to get one at some point. I, th- there's no joke to that. I just really want one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So after all that, yeah, we get to the the ball sack scene uh, and. He ends up getting saved by Sydney, who mm-hmm. this is probably the most kind of slaps, not even slapsticky, but the most like where they really go out of the way to be funny. And uh, Carl Weathers starts acting like a crazy preacher guy. Yeah, you know, he's got a metal plate in his head. <laughs> That's right. And he starts preaching and preaching. And then like he, cre- he creates like they're all kind of like, what the hell? And bam, mm-hmm. he just beats the shit out of all these dudes like lickety split. I was kind of hoping Sydney would maybe bop one guy or hit him over the head, but she's all full damsel in distress. And she's also um, going through withdrawal symptoms, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, so, you know, you you find out, you know, her teeth feel like they're hollow and such. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Getting back to, you know, just a quick uh, note on that scene. One of the guys in that scene, uh, for all you Grindbin fans, is Bobby Sixkiller from Renegade the Series. Oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the the native cat, which I don't I don't even know if he's actually native. No, oh, is he's he not. Hawaiian or something? I don't know no, what he is. I think he's actually Hawaiian, but you know, it's just it was a time where you, know, you could get away with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you could get away with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in other stuff too, but you're right. That is the guy <laughs> from Renegade. He's speaking with like a Spanish accent or something. I'm yeah, trying to remember. So, you know, yeah. It was good, though. It was good because he's telling him, like, well, why are you trying to look for uh, – I'm going to keep calling them Pop and Lock. And, <laughs> yeah, and, like, Carl Weathers this whole time is so serious. I, I don't know if he's kind of drugged out or what because he sprays some shit in his face. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they did to him. But... Well, he probably got concussed by, you know, getting hit in the back That's of the head, too. True. So, you know, he'd be a little groggy from it. 
Yeah, I didn't think about that. You're right. It does hurt to get <laughs> hit in the head. It's happened to me a couple of times. I probably have maybe four solid concussions. Mm. That's not too bad, thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, considering. You know, yeah, I mean, I played football at a young age, so there's two right there. <laughs> and then I got the two other ones later on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, one time I think I had – um. I just had a little, a little too much sauce, and I was like 19 years old, and I was so fucked up. I don't know if maybe I was also on some sort of pill or something, but it was, it wasn't good. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. And I, all I wanted to do was go outside. I wanted to go outside, and I just wanted <laughs> to run around. And my friend was like, "No, you can't go outside, dude. You're way too fucked up. You're gonna go outside, and the, the neighbors are gonna call the cops." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Nah, I think I'm gonna go outside." He's like, "Dude, do not go outside." And I gave him a look, and I just started running full speed. <laughs> and my friend is is a big guy, and so he right away just shouldered me, and I, <laughs> I he jolted me against the wall. My entire head went through all the drywall, like oh. I went through the entire wall. <laughs> Damn! I blacked out for about five seconds. Came to, it was a good night. It was a good night. <laughs> just had a yeah, little it bump, like it. <laughs> And I had to repair that too. My friend was pissed. That was not my place. That was like <laughs> that's my friend's place. I was like, "Oops!" Woke up in the morning. I was like, "Oh, who did that?" He's like, "You did with your stupid head." I was like, "Oh shit, sorry, uh, sorry." Uh, you know, we're all nineteen at one point. We made stupid mistakes. You know, now like Sydney, she's uh, like maybe twenty five, twenty six, and she's making a lot of mistakes. She uses a needle that looks like it's from like nineteen thirty five or something. It's like this huge glass. Yeah, it's stylish heroin. Yeah, heroin chic. <laughs> I know it comes in like a nice little case. It really, mm-hmm. really spiff it up a little bit. But she does explain like she's done a lot of shit in her life. Like, you know, there is some sympathy for her character because she's like, it's honestly a little too close to home mm. you know with the actual vanity you know because yeah. she was uh, uh you know discovered by prince as everyone i'm sure most of y'all know she was discovered by prince and um she had a short-lived career for the most part but had some talent and obviously incredibly beautiful but just drugs man just completely ruined her career to the point where she almost died and then she became like a newborn Christian and she ended up losing her life fairly young. I think she was like in her fifties, like 55, 56. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago too. Yeah. Like 2016 or something. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Drugs essentially just caught up to her from the past. Asking with her liver. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. The drinking and, Mm -hmm. and the drugs. So yeah, it's, it's a shame because like she talks about like, Oh, I did all these, I've done all these things I don't even want to think about and, and unspeakable things. And and what's one shot a day to forget it all for a bit, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. When I heard her say that line, I was like, damn it, man, this is way too real. <laughs> she also plays fucked up really well to the point where I couldn't tell if maybe she was just fucked up on the stage. Like when she's really high when they're in the car. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of those lines are ADR. Like, mm-hmm. I think maybe, I don't know if they just didn't like how she said the lines at the time or she couldn't really make out what she was saying. But I, I think that entire, when they're in the car scene at the very, uh, when they first meet, I think all that's ADR on her part. You got to let me know. Cause it, it just seems slightly off, but then the rest of the film is fine. Mm-hmm. So they may have just had to do that. You know, that, that happens sometimes, you know, where maybe the audio doesn't work or maybe her direction of how she said the lines were just garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it all worked out. So it worked out. She, mm-hmm. and she plays high very well. 
Yeah, and who would have thought that uh, throughout this film, you know, it's kind of a, it's a whole, it's just a recovery for her. She's slow because he won't let her get high. She tries to get high at the hotel that that they hide out at. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, has like one of the best characters. What's his name? Um, Kid Sable. Yeah, Kid Sable, dude. That guy is fucking awesome. He's got a cool voice. Like, hey, what's up? Like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Man, the best. Uh, is that Chino Fats Williams, uh, mm-hmm. who's I, who I've seen in other stuff too, because he has such a recognizable voice. But he is awesome. He was apparently like a very f- famous boxer in the area when in his youth, and um, him and Action Jackson go go back, go go far back in the day. Uh, he's an awesome character, and he lets them stay at his hotel. I mean, I swear, man, I wish there was a sequel to this movie. I think they could have done something. Yeah, originally there were, they wanted to turn it into like a franchise, but unfortunately, uh, Lorimar, the company that actually owned it, sold the uh, you know the rights off to I think it was um, was it Warner Brothers, and then it just kind of got lost. So uh, yeah, because it was successful, we I mean yeah, money it made on the budget it got, yeah, it, was, it definitely was worth it. So. Yeah, I think I think it would have been worth considering it, but I'm sure I guess it got bogged down with all that, and also time kind of left it behind because that movie would have had to come out at least by 1990. Yeah, if um, they were gonna do it. Yeah, the times they were definitely changing. <laughs> yeah, if that had come out anytime after that, like 91, 92, I don't, I don't think a movie Action Jackson two, the comeback or whatever would. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with some of those jokes there too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if that would work, but yeah, like I do, I like how it all starts, you know, how it all comes together, even with like, as sometimes with these action movies, sometimes it's like, ah, I don't really care that much about the details. Just kind of tell me like, I, I get it. This guy's a bad guy. He's killing people, innocent people. And um, now he wants to kill Jackson and he wants to kill the president of the awa mm-hmm. something kosh she's like a little old man he looks like the guy from oh Foss. toy chest yeah Foss. Foss. <laughs> Foss. Foss. <Some> shit. <laughs> forget is, is it Foss? 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 yeah 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 Foss. and um yeah he, he he wants to assassinate him and that's the whole thing we were talking about he's gonna <laughs> frame jackson by having uh by having a uh, gable gable gamble yeah, by having gamble i'm really bad mm-hmm. with names by having gamble dress up like him yeah and uh delafane says an incredibly racist thing by telling by by the way this is watch jackson is tied up uh mm-hmm. shirtless uh just looking like a damn stallion and uh he tells him yeah, most of the people, most of the attendees at my party wouldn't be able to tell the difference between y'all or some shit like that. I was like, wow, yeah, bro. bro. You got it you got right in there. But yikes. Real garbage, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already thought he was garbage, but now it's like, oh, I really can't wait till you die. Yeah. And um, that's when we Ed, Ed comes in to save the day. They're going to burn him on. They're going to burn him alive because basically after everyone sees him assassinate the uh, the president, dude. They're going to make it seem like he got into his car and got in a wreck and lit on fire. And they'll look at his dental records to find out it's him. Yeah. So they're going to burn his ass <laughs> in this <laughs> warehouse. And uh, they, the invisible guys are there, but now they're very visible. And all of a sudden, Ed comes in to save the day, man. And what does he say? Hey, hi, I'm Mr. Ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy, I, I was, I did not expect. 
the last time we saw Ed, he got tackled down really hard and knocked mm-hmm. out. <laughs> For some reason, he felt like, ah, you know what? I kind of like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think because he, he – um, it was more for Sydney because he was technically her bodyguard, and I yeah. think he really cared about her. Because mm-hmm. there's yeah, that because... weird little exchange scene earlier in the film where like um, Delafane gives him shit for like, I guess, kind of stepping on a line and asking if he if if he could escort uh, 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 Sydney out of the building, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Bitch, I can do that. Like, I don't need you to do that. Like, it's kind of fucked up." He's like, "Who yeah, pays your pay- bill?" Like, yeah, he was paid by Delafane, and but he was loyal to Sydney. So yeah, he was loyal to Sydney. And so he comes in and saves the day. He somehow this large man is able to get on this like chain or something, like work his way down from the second floor balcony. I was like, holy shit. I don't know. We just didn't <laughs> blow up his ankles or some shit, but he survives and he knocks him out. And then him and um, him and Jackson go through and they, they finish off everybody. My favorite kill. Now I'll ask you this too. I want, I'm curious what yours is. My favorite kill of the entire movie, dude. Is is the Motley Crue hair metal guy, and he's walk. He's coming in because he's he's got the light. <laughs> he's got the gasoline mm-hmm. to to burn up Action Jackson, and he's like, "Holy shit, what the fuck!" And then <laughs> Action Jackson <laughs> has the torch, and it's just like this fucking fire torch that goes straight toward him, and just whoa, it looks like a scorpion fatality, dude. It's yeah. amazing, man. Ah, uh, jeez, you know, there's a lot. Was, I mean, there are so there were a number of good deaths in the. Yes, I'll probably have to go with the one following up, you know, the barbecue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, talk about welcome to the barbecue. Holy shit, man. He <laughs> he likes discount Huey Lewis like a son of a bitch, man, uh, with that fucking fireball gun or whatever the hell that shit is, man. I love that so much. Oh, yeah. that was awesome. So good. So then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we get our, pretty much our final scene where they, they hit up the party. And I like the way this all closes out. It's very... Very action movie where you know they got you got all the characters, all our favorite characters are all together in one place. <laughs> Everybody converges on the one place that they're not supposed to be or supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even matter. Like some people are in a cover, some people aren't. We got Purse Kid there. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, right? Albert, yeah, <laughs> Albert Purse Kid. <laughs> we got Purse Kid Albert there, and he's brought him on to help him out, and and. Albert's like, why are you bringing me to this dead thing? He's like, well, you kind of remind me of one of my old friends. He goes, why don't you bring your old friend? Well, he's dead. He's <laughs> like, well, why would you have to tell me that, son of a bitch? <laughs> it's so good. And I like that the the <laughs> I like that the plan that Jackson had for Albert was, oh, he's pretty good at running. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all he uses. He uses them as like um a, a distraction or whatever. Um, by having him run throughout the crowd so that way Jackson can go and try to find um, Gamble or whatever to see where he's hiding out. And he sees him like way up at a tree. He's wearing a bright red fucking jacket. So it's like pretty easy to see his ass. And he's like, oh shit, he's about to kill the old man because the old man's giving a speech and it's really cheesy. He's like, oh, look at all these people. <laughs> and and Jackson goes, like, grabs on some lights and pulls them down, and he's able to distract uh, Gable. I'm never going to say it right. No, Gamble. Ac- 
yeah, what was it? He actually swing. He pulls down the line and he actually swings, you know, to kick him out of the tree, and he impales him on some you know, on gates. Oh, dude, it is so brutal. And the fact he's still alive for a little while, Gamble like grabs him by his like sleeve, and he's like, <laughs> he could, <laughs> but it's just one last little like, ah, you son of a bitch, you got me. <laughs> Yeah, he went out like a champ. You're, Damn that, right. That's probably my second favorite death. That was a pretty badass one. Uh, very well shot. It's crazy. I like all the lights popping off. And so he doesn't end up killing uh, the president of the AWA. He ends up just kind of getting a flesh wound, right? I think he gets yeah, on his he, shoulder. Yeah, he wings him, essentially. Wings him. And then all hell breaks loose, man. All the invisible men are there. Uh, they're now visible once again. And they're <laughs> kill- <laughs> they're killing... The other AWA people, they kill O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-
honestly, it worked even so much better with the music accompanying it's it. It's so good. It's cheesy. It's cheesy as all hell, but it's good cheese. <laughs> it's like the best cheese you could get in these 80s movies. I had so much fun at that part. And you get to see a little bit of the Creed, you know, because he does like a whole boxing thing. And I'm like, holy shit, man, because I, I love him as Apollo Creed. So it was great. <laughs> Then, of course, then Delphine, he's like, gets cheap with it. He tries to go get his gun. They both point the guns at each other, and we get one of the best squibs, man. When we front and back, that shit looks deep. It looks like it went in his body and exploded outside the back of him. And essentially, it's in slow motion, too. So, yeah, dramatic effect, absolutely. It is effective, man. Then, uh, you know, then him and him and and, uh, and Vanity, they get together, and uh, Sydney, they get together, and she says a couple little lines like, "Now she's sober and she's gone cold turkey, so why don't you, you know, have sex with me and stuff me instead of the turkey on Thanksgiving?" He says, "Can we do it a little sooner?" And she says, "Of course." Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Oh, they... and and of course, the captain comes in, uh, and he demands a report in first thing in the morning. Lieutenant. Yes, he has now been re-promoted now that he's Woo! driven a car through a house, killed about 25 people. <laughs> <laughs> he's killed like several people throughout this whole movie. It's kind of amazing. Uh, I mean, they're like, dude, did you have to kill the butler by running a car into his body? Well, yeah, man. I mean, come on. Dramatic effect. <laughs> he was shooting at him. Well, as you know, I like to do uh, quick impressions of the movies I cover, and this is a segment I like to go. Quick impressions. <clears throat> Quick impressions. Easy, kid. You're action Jackson. Some action. Fine-looking woman like me, and you don't even touch me all night. You either got to be queer or a cop. Well, I'm not a queer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> oh, beautiful, man. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so this concludes our action, action Jackson episode. But first, we are going to categorize this baby. Categorize, categorize, categorize this baby. <laughs> We're not going to categorize it. As you know, I like to rate these films by my favorite mustaches. You have the full Fu Manchu recommendation for Hell Yeah, the uh, Walrus mustache recommendation for Pretty Fucking Good. The horseshoe mustache for, eh, not bad. And, of course, the dreaded Hitler mustache for Burn This Movie in Hell. Steve, how would you rate this film? Oh, man, Fu Manchu's kicking the shit out of Hitler there gotcha! all the way. <laughs> yeah, but why would you give it, why, what makes it a full Fu Manchu for you? Because there's so many action movies like this out there. What 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 does it? Um, 80s action movie, you know, runtime, just over an hour and a half. It's pretty much... As lean as you can cut it, it's, for the most part, a straightforward story. The plot does get a little convoluted with, you know, where you want to go with it, it but it gets you there pretty fucking quick. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, some good, you know, some good lines from, and, you know, some laughs, you know, some damn fine squib work. 80s oh, yeah. tits, can't go wrong. Yeah, it's true. Oh, and also got to add, Robert Davi. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention it. Robert Davi is in this one, and he, for the bit that he's in, makes quite the impression. <laughs> I can't believe him and Action Jackson went to high school together, <laughs> and they were both on the track team. Both track stars. I mean, Robert Davi's like shaking. He looks all sweaty <laughs> and gross. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. 
Oh yeah, Robert Dobbs. He's like Morat, Mor Moratti, Moretti, Moretti. Yeah, Tony Moretti. Tony Moretti. God, he's so good. Yeah, he's one of the guys that gets end up getting killed because uh, he's an AWA. Uh, works for one of the leaders, and so mm -hmm. he knew he was on the on the hit list. Um, I a hundred percent agree. This gets the full foo fucking Manchu recommendation from uh, Senor Podcastio himself, and a lot for the same reasons you said. Very very tightly shot, you know, just nice and lean. Um, doesn't really ever get boring. It just it just keeps going and going. And I think that's why the plot it does get difficult to follow after a while because they're just like, holy shit, there's like so much information coming at me. And I'm, there's all these names. There's so many names. And you're just like, who, wait, who, what, what? But it does help having it on captions because I was able to follow a little better, taking some notes and stuff like that. But at the at the end, who gives a shit? You still get so much good stuff out of it. You get great action scenes. The fight scenes are pretty fun. You know, they're nothing too crazy. Is you know, it's not like a martial arts film, but they're still very effective. And a lot of the punches, like the impact of some of the punches, are very well shot. Um, and the practical effects are are amazing. So much broken glass. So <laughs> much explosions. Uh, uh, boobies. So <laughs> so much eighties music. Like. It just doesn't get any better than this when it comes to action movies. This is this is one of those top tier action movies for me that didn't have a huge budget, but absolutely knocked it out the park and is incredibly rewatchable, which is why I think that also helped in the box office. This is one of those movies you could watch it on a Saturday and then maybe you're bored on a Wednesday. Go back to the theater. Go give it a go give it another <laughs> watch. Why not? Uh, maybe there's less people in there and you could get in the back and. Uh, uh, <laughs> get a little extra butter with your popcorn you know what i'm saying yeah uh, anyway uh hope y'all like this episode of action jackson if you have not seen this i should have said this earlier if you've not seen this movie what the fuck are you doing right now go watch the <laughs> stupid movie it's easy just just rent it find it some way buy it i don't care just watch the damn movie uh steve do you have any other um anything you like to plug do you have any other episodes you want people to to know of or anything going on like that uh, always, as always, listen to the grind bin with you know Mike, Bobby. You know, of course, you know we've all been on various shows together. Either, uh I recently did a couple of minis, you know, for for uh, the grind bin, and I was on an episode recently, uh, Avenging Force, with Michael Dudikoff and Steve James. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, watch that movie. Dummy work is some of the finest in the land, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you see, I haven't listened to that episode because I want to see the movie. I need to watch the movie first. Oh, yeah. You, you can find it free on YouTube. Yeah, so, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, as always, listen to the Bloody Bits Horror Show podcast with Eddie the Axe Jefferson, Candace, Tim Yobo. Oh, oh yeah. Daniel, you were Friends on not too long ago. Oh, yep. And and then, of course, you know, as for a low price at $10 a month, you could sign up for their Patreon um, where you can get over 3,000 movies and TV shows at your pleasure. They're right there at the your hell. fingertips. Mm -hmm. Greasy, greasy fingertips. <laughs> we guarantee your fingertips. Yeah, <laughs> most of the listeners, they have greasy fingertips. They just, they, you just know it. It's just, it's just automatic. Yeah, definitely check out those podcasts, Friends of the Show. They've all been on. I've been on their, on their shows as well, and uh, it's a jolly good time. So, Steve... <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the podcast you once again, man. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you for letting me talk about this movie. Hell yeah, baby. Until <laughs> next time. Bye.